Interleague faithful, we are back. Last week we talked about playoffs. This week, even more playoffs. The picture is painted. The teams are ready. History has been made. And we're on 99 episodes. 99 hits 62. You probably won't get a 62-minute podcast, but I did offer that. Spags, I know you're excited to talk about something tonight. I'm I excited think. to talk about a lot of stuff. I know, but I'd be extra excited if I were you. you know? um, well, to be fair, have we talked well, last week? Last week, we had already hit the pools, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'd already gotten paid out. Okay, yeah, yeah, Because we were talking about getting paid out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dude, history two weeks in a row. Literally, dude, baseball has a weird timing for our podcast and always has. Like, between breaking information and or, I mean, like, we're going to talk about baseball. So maybe that's just really the key to it. But um, I feel like we get them pretty close to recording days quite often. Yeah. That's, uh, now, if only we had more followers, <laughs> we could break more stories. So, help us out there. Hit that like and subscribe button. <laughs> um, yeah, lot, lot of going on. Um, I, I will say, as excited as I am for the things that have, you know, taken place this evening, it is kind of overall been a relatively disappointing day across baseball. Um, I was hoping for a lot of like madness down to the wire. So and not not just tonight, just you know these this last the last couple days, like things yeah. just really haven't broken the right way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were just kind of chatting and both bullshitting through different things with uh, the Braves winning, and it it was a good game. I mean, they beat the Marlins two to one. Marlins had a lot of opportunities to tie the game late, just couldn't get a run across the board. Um, the Mets had gotten rained out yesterday and the Braves lost. So the Mets had the doubleheader today. They won earlier. They took the lead early tonight in the nightcap against the Nationals. They're still up seven to nothing. So it was like, all right, like all the things are there um, where like it could just be that like the, you know, game 162 matters to two teams that had, um, you know, clinched a playoff spot weeks and weeks ago. You know, and it's like the the perfect example of why this additional team in the wild card round made such a difference. Because like the Mets and Braves are just competing because they're you know they're trying to get that first round by completely, whereas you typically it would be a situation where you're like, okay, you're trying to avoid that one game wild card, but you know like. All right, like I just have to play one game and then I can get past it and it's fine. Like there have been plenty of teams that have won, you know, played in the wild card game and then uh, I say plenty. It's been like two or three, I think, because it hasn't it hasn't been around for that long. A handful of teams, handful. Of but teams. there there's been a good number of teams that have played in that wild card game and maybe didn't necessarily win the World Series, but like they might have gone to the World Series, um, or they've been really good teams. And it didn't seem to be like, you know, the Dodgers last yeah, year. Like the Dodgers, yeah. Yeah, like they, I don't think them playing a one-game playoff against the Cardinals was that detrimental to them. You know, like they still went to a World Series. Yeah, I mean, it was or, no, they Or they, they could have gone to a World Series, they, but they choked to the Braves. Um, yeah. 
I don't know why I was thinking that they lost in the World Series last year. They lost in that LCS. <clears throat> but it wasn't like, oh, man, if they would have had that, like, if they would have played that one extra game, maybe they would have won. You know, of course, the like... The reason the Dodgers it would have been worse is because how many games they won. Right. You know, it was like, it was really not fair for them to play in that game for the amount of games they won. Past that, like... It's just kind of is what it is if you're not, you know, that one or that one or two seasons. Right. I, w- I would think the bigger argument, in my opinion, for the previous flaw was when they did away with like the, hey, you know, if you're in the same division, you can still play each other. So you had a 107 win Giants play a 106 win Dodgers in the NLDS. And I think that that was a missed opportunity. Um so I, I think for me, like the big piece that the, the MLB is missing with their current playoff format is that they don't reseed. Mm. Um, and every other major sport does, with the exception of hockey now. But the reason why hockey doesn't is because they do internal brackets within your division first. So they've gone to the two, you know, two conferences, two divisions in each conference top three teams from each division go, and then you have two wildcard teams. And those two wildcard teams, they fill, you know, the fourth slot in each of those mini brackets. So essentially your conference championship is, odds are it's always going to be a team that represents each conference. Um, so you're like, okay, like that, that makes sense. Like that's kind of, what you're drawing this up to be is that in an ideal world, your four conference winners would be playing in the conference finals or your four division winners would be playing in the conference finals. It's kind of what you draw it up for. <clears throat> Doesn't always necessarily create the best matchups. Like I would argue that the, probably the best playoff series um, in terms of talent and enjoyment. And I'm probably biased was Colorado and St. Louis. And that obviously happened in the second round. Um, but that, that matchup was significantly better than, you know, Colorado versus Edmonton in the conference final. Like the, those weren't even competitive games. Like the avalanche just dog walked them every night, uh, for four games and went on to the Stanley cup. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I could be biased that, you know, the, the blues matchup I think was the most enjoyable, but. You know, it's where it's where I stand. It's how I how I feel about it. Um, so if it were a situation like this year, I think they run into kind of the same thing because you have, you know, the Mets and the Braves, and it's like the Braves with their win, put them to 100 wins. Um, the Mets very likely are going to sweep the doubleheader, and that'll also put them like to I think they'll be at like 99 wins with that. Um, or so they're, you know, so they're so they're 99 and 61 right now. So if they win tonight, they will be 161, and the Braves are now 101 and 60. Um, so you're gonna have two teams that in the same division that won 100 games, and you know at least now it'll be one of them plays in the wild card, one of them gets that first round by because one of them won the division. But they also, like, you're you're at a point where you have the 110-win Dodgers, 
that they're going to probably have to play the Mets in that second round. You know, and like, you so you have, you know, if you look at it like based on record, Dodgers are one, Braves are two, Mets are three, it would make the most sense that the Braves and Mets should play each other in that, uh, in that second round. Um, but because they do the division winners first, you have Dodgers one, Atlanta two, Cardinals three, Mets four. So if everyone went out, the Dodgers and the Mets would play each other in that second, like in the NLDS and the Braves would play the Cardinals. So in this case, like one could argue that it was actually beneficial to be the second seed. Um, and I feel like the same thing is happening in the AL. You know, you have the Astros in first, the Yankees in second. And when the Yankees were falling apart, I looked at it like a very real possibility that I, I didn't expect Tampa Bay to also fall apart. So at the time when I was sharing this thought, it was Toronto and Tampa Bay just cruising, crushing everybody that they were playing, looking really good, both beating up on the Yankees. And I was like, cool, like I'd rather not play them. Like I'd much rather play Cleveland or Seattle in the second round and let Houston deal with Toronto or Tampa Bay, whoever wins. Um, and now of course Seattle passed Tampa Bay. So it Yankees were probably in that face of Tampa Bay anyway, <clears throat> but it's just a situation where, you know, you, it, it seems like it's of benefit to be the number two seed in a, in a, in a league and that to me feels weird. And the only way to avoid that is to reseed. So it's like, all right, every, this is what happens. Everyone plays. Okay. Now these, these next teams like, okay. So the teams that advanced were, you know, you have LA and Atlanta and then the Cardinals and the Mets advance. All right. One plays four, two plays three. Cool, got it. But if it's a situation where, say, the Cardinals were like, if the if the Cardinals lose to Philadelphia, let's just say that's who they play, and the Mets win um, over San Diego, let's just say that's what the matchups are. So now the the Braves can end up playing like an 87 win last wild card team in the NLDS even though they finished, you know, 10 games behind the Dodgers and, you know, the Mets are the other team. So it's like, it would just make more sense that the Dodgers having the best record in the NL would play the worst capable opponent based on record, not paper theory or anything like that. You're just going off wins losses. So based on that, the Dodgers should just always have the easiest route to the world series because that's what they've earned over 162 games. And that isn't like baseball is the only sport that doesn't do it that way. So it's, it's weird to me. It, it creates some, some weird matchups in my opinion. Baseball's like, yeah, that's on the, uh, the 10 year roadmap. <laughs> and, and probably cause I think, I think in order to get away from this, yeah, I, to, in order to get away from it, like, 
Because if you're going to reseed it, then you're winning the division and whatnot. doesn't matter at all. Um, and in theory, you're thinking, okay, well, if you're if you won your division, you're one of the three best teams in the league. And just realistically, that's not how it works. Um, I So either they have to do away with, you know, like in order, so in order for them to do away with the current format, divisions themselves would have to change. You would probably need to just go to two divisions. And I think in order to go to two divisions, you probably need to expand to 32 teams. And that's a whole other thing. So I think that this is like, best case scenario right now of course you always could just reseed with how it is right now but i think the idea is you are guaranteeing essentially that the team with the best record is playing is playing a wild card team in the second round and the other like the the number two team the other team that gets to buy they could be playing a division winner and that are just like, well, division winner means you're better, even though that's not always the case. Like me personally, if I were, if I were the Dodgers or the Braves, I would prefer to play the Cardinals over the Mets in a five game series, hands down. Like I, I think the prospect of facing DeGrom and Scherzer four times in a five game series is insane. <laughs> so uh, if I were a baseball team, I would like to avoid that at all costs. Because, um, like, part of me even wondered, like, the Padres, like, we've always, t- like, people have talked about, like, teams tanking and all this and across major sports all the time. And it's, like, part of me wonders, like, Philadelphia has the tiebreaker. So, like, if Philadelphia, like, they're losing, Philly's losing 8 to nothing right now to Houston. So, they're probably not going to win tonight. But, yeah, it, um, but, like, if the Padres can find a way to just lose this game. Like, they just don't win. And then tomorrow, say, the Phillies do beat the Astros. You know, San Diego just tries to keep it closer. They're just not worried about winning. Because I feel like it would be, like, hard to decide that you're going to win a game. But I feel like deciding that you're going to lose, like, just taking bad at-bats and stuff like that, I, I feel like can easily be done. Like, you certainly can influence your team to lose. Um, You know, managers can go with, like... No, to you know, typical bullpen guys that you wouldn't usually go to, you know, whatever the case may be. Like there's tons of things that can be done to better position yourself. Cause if the Padres and Phillies end up tied, the Phillies have the tiebreaker. So if they, you know, like if the Phillies pick up a game between today and tomorrow, then the Phillies would be who play the Mets in the first round and the Padres would play the Cardinals. And I, I, if I would rather play, you know, the Mets, if I would rather not face Scherzer and DeGrom four times in a five-game series, I definitely don't want to face them in a two-game series where, like, you you, you got to beat one of them kind of thing. Yeah, um, but the Padres just give games to St. Louis, so they they just love giving their lunch money to the Cardinals, so. I that, that is fair. The Cardinals do have a pretty long history of dominating the Padres in the postseason with the exception of last year or True. two years ago, two years ago in the, the shortened year, the, the Padres knocked the Cardinals out um, in a three game series. Now, granted, I think that three game series was all in San Diego. 
a whole bunch of games and allowed us to, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the Padres, the Padres gave up games to everybody last year. Yeah, they paid us back. They were like, oh, yeah. shit, we're sorry. Yeah, oh, my bad, my bad. Um, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be tough. Um, I think in terms of, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I guess like we we can kind of get into it. Uh, the playoff format stuff was on the agenda, somewhat. So, so it was somewhere. There's yeah. an agenda, you know. You yeah. don't get a hundred episodes, almost a hundred episodes, without having a basic agenda. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. But I I feel like, but like I said, like I I I wish that game 162 held some sort of meaning because it was shaping up that there was a lot of things that would shake out and need to be figured out, and it just seems like they're all kind of coming to a head before that. Yeah. Um. So like we said, the Braves won tonight, so they clinched the East. So you know, Dodgers are one, Braves are two. We already know Cardinals are three in the NL. We already know Mets are four. So it's just the Phillies and Padres that are trying to figure out who's going to be five or six. Uh, Padres had a one-game lead going into today. Um, tiebreaker goes to Philadelphia, so the Padres had a magic number of two. Um, their game's just getting started, and Philly's getting just demolished by Houston. It's eight nothing in the sixth right now. Man, I love that um, confidence. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think Verlander's pitching still. I think they pulled him. But I think he was throwing like a no hitter through five innings, <laughs> so the Phillies are being no hit right now, uh, into the sixth. Um, so, so get it out of your system now, boy. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're you're just like okay. So if the Padres win and the Phillies lose, then you just know Padres are five, Phillies are six, and everything's fine. Um. So I'm hoping that the Padres lose this game because then at least it is a situation where um, if if the Padres lose and the Phillies win tomorrow, then it could flip flop. So like there's there's relevant baseball, um, and that that's what I was rooting for. Um, and then on the AL side, it's kind of the same thing. Like we know the Astros are one, Yankees are two, Indians are three, Blue Jays are four. Um, and that's Tampa Bay and Seattle that are like Seattle's five, Tampa Bay's six. And in that, it was the same thing. Um, C- Seattle has the, our Tampa Bay has the tiebreaker over Seattle. They're the number six seed right now. So Tampa Bay just needed, just needs to tie them. Um, their magic number was two going into today. And the Mariners are actually playing a double header. So it's like, even if the, even if the Rays won today, the Mariners could clinch the number five seed going to Toronto um, just if they sweep the doubleheader. And they won the first game in extra innings. And then I think they have officially called. Yeah, so Tampa Bay was down 6 nothing, And there was all kinds of rain up in the Northeast, I guess. And uh, that game got rained out after five innings. So Tampa Bay has lost. And Seattle's already won the first game. So now I think they're, so I think Seattle would now be up like two and a half with uh, them having a game, like two games to play and Tampa Bay only has one. Um, So there's no way Tampa Bay can catch them because Tampa Bay can only make up a game and a half, can't make up two and a half. So those outcomes don't matter anymore. We know Seattle's the number five team going to Toronto. Tampa Bay's the number six going to Cleveland. So it's like literally... 
all, my only hope right now is that the Giants beat the Padres and I can watch some semblance of relevant baseball tomorrow. Don't, uh, aren't the Rays pretty, like, banged up? Like, their pitching staff, I know we talked before we went live that Glass now was going to be back, but uh, <clears throat> didn't the Cy Young, you know, Shane McClanahan, yeah, didn't, isn't he done for the year? Um, I don't know. Purposes? I don't know if he's done for the year. Um, it. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, he pitched on the f- first. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought they. I mean, maybe it wasn't him, but I thought he was uh, having some problems um, health-wise earlier in the year. They'd shut him down. So, um, we okay. can go. I can go look I'm real quick. Death part, you know? Yeah, he hasn't, he's on their he's on their active roster, so. <laughs> yeah, but it's like if you look at that depth chart, it's just, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, I. I think if Glassnow is good to go, they are very tough. Like McClanahan and Glassnow together is rough. Yeah, for sure. You're you're probably not gonna get two starts out of or you're you're probably not gonna get a short rest start out of Glassnow. So unless they have him throw game one, you're probably only gonna see him throw once. Um he hasn't really extended out at all. Like he's made two starts. Uh one was just yesterday. He went three innings in the first game. He went three and two-thirds in the second game. Um, So in like six and two-thirds, he's given up one run and struck out ten guys. (laughs) So, you know, just up to same, same old, same old. Um, But he threw 50 pitches in his first outing. He threw, like, I think they had him on like a 65 pitch count limit. Um, So even if he opens, you know, maybe they have him open for two games and yeah, they're, you know, they're an opening team. For sure. Yeah. They're definitely big on it. Um, but then you have guys like Kluber and Springs that can follow up behind that. Um, so I would say in a three game set, you're probably looking at like McClanahan Kluber and then, you know, probably uh, glass now, maybe glass now into Springs um for like that game yeah, you're three. playing probably hey he could only go two or three but if he's pitching well he's gonna we're just gonna let him pitch right um and then you just have like a long reliever to go after him you know whatever uh and then they have rasmussen that if need be like in a quick turnaround for game one um they could throw rasmussen game one uh, lds and then at that point because of you know because of what i've talked about before because of the extra off day for the al series at that point, you get McClanahan back on regular rest. You get Kluber back on regular rest. You get Glassnow back on regular rest. And they're all set up and good to go. So it's like one spot start, even if they go three games. If they don't go three games, then you just have Glassnow to pitch game one for you. Um, and then you come back to McClanahan and Kluber. So, like, if they can take, you know, if they take out Cleveland in two games, they're just sitting fine. Um, and then their, their bullpen's been decent enough. It's probably been like their saving grace. Um, for in terms of the pitching staff, because I don't think their starters have been overly good outside of McClanahan. Um, not that they've been bad. Obviously, you don't make the playoffs or you know win high 80 games, um, or mid 80 games with a like just no pitching staff. Um, but then on the flip side with Cleveland, you know you're kind of looking at the same thing and Bieber, McKenzie, and Quantrill 
would be my assumption on who would pitch their three. Um, to make an argument that Savali might pitch in there as well. But again, it's the point that they have multiple guys. So they're not like your hope is that you avoid Bieber game one. And then, you know, Bieber pitches game two. If you're the Yankees, you just hope that Bieber pitches game two. And then in a late game, like late series situation, you're probably not looking at Bieber being eligible to pitch game five. And that's the the big guy that you're trying to avoid. Um, in Cleveland. So I, I would much prefer the Yankees play Cleveland. And I think their offense in Tampa Bay is far more dynamic. I get Cleveland has outscored, uh, has outscored Tampa Bay on the year, but I, I think Cleveland very much lizard dies by the long ball. And I also think that they had a whole bunch of runs because they play in this shitty ass AL central. Dude, Stephen Kwan, dude, you know, about Stephen Kwan, dude, 68 point weeks. Yeah, I, I do. That's, that's true. You know, they're, they're still a team. They're still a team full of big, of big leaders. The Naylor brothers. (laughs) They're bombers though. Yeah. Um, Yeah, dude. It so surprises me. This is why it was like my first year when someone drafted Jose Ramirez early, I was like, what the fuck? Like on the fucking Cleveland Indians. Yeah. He was the first round pick this year. Yeah, I know. They were the Cleveland Indians at the time. I'm allowed to say this. The Cleveland Indians, really? And then he was, like, a top five point scorer last year and, like, this year. Like, he's just, like, all he does is fucking mash home runs. Um, It's ridiculous. I would have never – I mean, I could have believed he was good, but it's just, like, Cleveland Indians. You know? And then we watch him, like, re-sign with the team this year and everything, too. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I can say that uh, my trades came in pretty handy for for my season um and turner is a part of that um and turner's relevant because the reason why turner didn't get the reason why turner didn't get taken or the reason why turner was available to me is because the guy that had him really high on his radar to pick him decided to go with jose ramirez (laughs) so you know i'm not uh not mad about that um, it, it, it is crazy though. So if, if Travis would have won last week, um, and him and I were in the finals right now, I would be up by 1.33. Oh no. <laughs> and it would, he would have, um, I think, so I think freed is, probably not going to start tomorrow. I know he's battling an illness and the game doesn't matter for Atlanta now. So I expect he'll probably lose that start. And then he has Cobb and I have Darvish slated to pitch tomorrow. Um, But it looks like Cobb is pitching tonight against San Diego. Um, And I imagine that I will probably lose Darvish's start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So... If I if if the Yankees don't tie this game for Cole, um, and he picks up the loss, then I will assume that I will pro I would probably have lost the week if I faced Travis, um, but luckily he lost last week and that's not who I'm playing, so we're good. 
Poor Trav, dude. Get better at fantasy baseball. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but Ramirez did outscore Turner this final week. I don't know where they're at on the year. I guess I can look real quick. Turner, 541, oh. sixth in points. Ramirez, 632, second in points. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's a big point. Is that what was that? 100 points. That's nasty. I it's only like four points a week, but four points every week. That should adds up. Um, yeah. And then what I think I'm facing the the nope. Um, who is top point score now? I think your uh, was it not your brother the other day when I looked at it? Oh no, you? I mean uh. I mean, the number one point scorer. Mm. Uh, I thought it was Goldschmidt, but apparently it is not. He is number four. So now I'm clicking through. Can't you just go easily and sort it by the whole year? Yeah, I don't want to do that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be. I'm doing it right now. I'm going to be. I want to be more surprised. On where we end up. Uh, interesting. Year to date. Okay. Because I don't think I have it. I I my guess is gonna be that it's Judge, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is. I just got to my cousin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Seven hundred and sixteen bones. Yeah. Sixty-two home runs will do that for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I knocked him out in the last round. So. Yeah, so it looks like right now in the Rumble, Travis is actually in the lead with 278.33. And I forgot, I have two points from Jack Flaherty's relief appearance that I technically don't have. So I'm actually losing. I'd be losing to Travis. Um, So he's at 278. Then Timmy is at 273. And my brother's at 272. And I'm assuming, yeah, so Timmy has no starts left. It looks like Kurt has one from Framber Valdez. And then Trav may have one from Max Freed, but I feel like that's likely going to be lost. Um, and then I'm... I may have a Udarvish start tomorrow, but I can't imagine that they care that much. It's like they've already clinched the playoff spot. They know game one is Friday. So if he pitched tomorrow, he would have to pitch on short rest, like three days rest, in order to pitch in game three of the wildcard series. So I can't imagine that they'll do that. So I'm assuming I will not have a starter go tomorrow. Um, yeah, but you're so far up. Yeah, I think like the only thing um, that I would have to avoid is like a perfect game from Burns if he pitches tomorrow. Yeah. 
So that's just what I'll be rooting for. And you'd imagine, you'd imagine there's no need for him to pitch, so. Yeah, so I, I would think that uh, they they don't go that route. Um, and even if he does start, like, it, the likelihood of them planning on him going the whole game is probably pretty rare. Um, I'm looking to see when when games actually start tomorrow because I know <clears throat> I know at least the game plan always previously was all of the games would start at the same time so that way players like teams couldn't like sit guys in order to uh, see the results you know like everyone just had to play with the same information um, and yeah it looks like it is a three o'clock start time everywhere with the exception of Baltimore and Toronto who have a doubleheader tomorrow. Which I think is crazy. <laughs> so I think I think Toronto is going to be starting some some weird guys tomorrow would be my <laughs> assumption cuz they yeah, they're in the wild card. Toronto. Yeah, cuz they're in the wild card. So there's no way they're going to be throwing like you know, <laughs> Manoa and Ryu in those two games. Like they're gonna be saving those guys for, like both both pitchers are TBD right now, on MLB.com. Yeah, they can be throwing. Yeah. No throwing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as as it stands though, um, granted I have points coming off the board, but it's just two. But I'm up by 99 right now, so sitting pretty good. Um, Sitting pretty. I feel like your team just like never really got going. Yeah, it fell apart. Those and then days. yeah, and then you had like a couple rough outings from some guys that had been pretty pretty right. concrete starters, yeah. and Gibson, Kelly, and Waka all went negative. Yeah. Um, and then you know you had two position players go negative. It was just a a rough week. Um, but yeah, Scott you know, Barlow, like, Scott Barlow, seven points, Ryan Presley, eight. So <laughs> Ooh, I feel like, nice. I feel like us including Barlow for Presley and the Tucker trade really helped it go in your favor. Yeah, <laughs> I still had, I still had the real closer for Houston. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nonsense. You- you picked the wrong guy. And there were one. so many guys this year that went out for paternity leave. Like all dude, MLB players weird. did in the lockout was wow. bang their wives, dude. Yeah. That's all they did. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I think I had like two or three guys in a row. Like it's like, oh, my yeah. God, again. And it's like after the second game of the week or the first game of the week, too. It's not like right before you can take them in and out. Like, yeah, right. about that. I like football so much easier because it's like everyone's going to play on Sunday like or everyone has a day and they all they cleared before the game easy to switch in and out you don't have to count on seven fucking six games from it but right is what it is but yeah dude maternity was a uh, was a huge thing so shout out to all those fathers MLB fathers <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a bunch of you guys now I know making out here work man I know yeah, it's a struggle bunch of you guys yeah hopefully you can get by on those six figures Dude, uh, we could bet Yankees to play the Mets for plus nineteen hundred in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the what only if, matchup you're allowed to? How's to say? What about like Yankees like, Cardinals? 
Well, like if we're if we're bet on my team, we're bet on yours, dude. Like that's not. Yeah, that, we're not fucking true. going that route. <laughs> like get get out of here. Why. The only like World Series matchup like they have, all the other ones are like this team beats that team, this team beats that team. It's not like this, this versus this. I wonder if once it's once the stage is officially set, they'll probably uh have all kinds of oh wait wild card round playoff matchups. Yeah 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 yeah. <clears throat> Well, we can uh, we can get into some of that. I mean, I guess we can. <clears throat> looking at the agenda, we kind of hit on our for our format thoughts. You know, talking about. I know we've talked in the past about like the weird off day that was given to the AL. Yeah, and um, you were asking. I mean, you asked me in text last night, like. You're like, I can't record, but I'm gonna text you at 10:30 at night. When you're yeah, I'm starting to feel uh, better. It's all good. Like I said, um, I progressed I had on. I saw that, and I was like, um, but I was already in bed. And yeah. And then, <clears throat> yeah, I forget, like, what had happened. Um, I think it was Milwaukee getting eliminated that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so now it's just these two teams who, where, where's your, your head at? Because I feel like I've had this conversation with both you and my brother um, on numerous occasions as, like, teams shifted around and whatnot. Um, and the answer was pretty much always, I would prefer to play Milwaukee in the wildcard round. So when Milwaukee no longer could be the option, I, like I messaged both you and him and I was like, all right, it's like, what's your, what's your thoughts now that your, your go-to answer is no longer available. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty, the Philly series. I mean, whereas like the pitching should probably worry me a little more. Like, like I said, like I just. I feel like either team. I think the Cardinals can make less mistakes than the other two teams. I think they just they'll pull it out over that. It's really that second round that I'm really more worried about. And then I think just not having to play the Mets. I mean, first round. I mean, obviously that's probably the worst team to have to play in the first round. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers are the Padres would have probably been out of the Phillies and the Padres. I'm definitely glad we're playing the Phillies. The Padres just their lineup is. The Phillies lineup's good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll we'll hate on Bryce Harper this whole right. series. We'll we'll understand either, that. Like, I get their either way, good, but, the, but the but the Padres lineup is nasty, and they're just like waiting to like I explode. You know, like <laughs> it hasn't been like the the Juan Soto show over there. Yet, <laughs> yeah, really. I uh, I Tom will tell you. Going, you know. So. Yeah, I will tell you. I was rooting, or I am rooting for it to be the Padres. Because I think I will get far more comedic gold out of you hating on Soto than Harper. Because <laughs> oh. those are like your two least favorite players in the game. And you're Jesus getting to Christ play Christ one of them. Here on national TV again. <laughs> yeah, especially in the playoffs, you know. Like, yeah, oh, so man. I thought that it would be great. I was like, man, if, I, if I'm going to watch some games with Chris, I definitely want it to be against Soto and But Padres. at least like, I don't know, dude, one... Once out, I just don't like him for the crotch grab. Bryce Harper, I'm just not really a huge fan of like him in totality. Once out, hasn't been around long enough, but like he, I just don't, I just don't think Bryce Harper's worth his money. And at this point in time, if you signed Juan Soto to some ridiculous deal, I also wouldn't say that he's probably worth that money. Um, but I mean, he's trending that way. I just, I just, you know, he Bryce Harper can be individually stats good. I just, I don't think he brings that next level championship to a team um and i continue to be right because as soon as you know he left washington they won without him so fuck Bryce very Harper. 
Very true. <clears throat> yeah, as a matter of fact, oh, what bro, the... I just want to go play in Vegas with my best bro, Chris Bryant, who played 46 games this year. <laughs> and it would be fitting if the Phillies won a World Series this year, because then it would be the last three full seasons have been won by three different teams from the NL East. And all I do is really hate on the NL divisions about how I don't think they're very deep. Um, so I think that that would be something to for the NLEs to kind of hang their hat on. You know, three straight full season championships from three different teams. But uh, it probably won't happen. I also agree that if it ends up being Philly and St. Louis, I think St. Louis will win in two. Um, I think that they will be hard-fought games. Um, I think that they will be relatively offensive-oriented. Um, and I, yeah, I just I think I just think the Cardinals' offense will show up more. Um, a little more, a little more. Uh, I mean, you get it. I get it. You got Bryce Harper, but like out of those teams, a little more all-star, a little more superstar quality, um, and a handful of guys uh, on that side, and. And we both hate Schwarber. So. Yeah. I will definitely join you in hating Kyle Schwarber, um, mainly because he allowed us to get screwed over in the home run derby. Yeah, all he had to do was not fucking. Yeah, like not just be terrible. Like just be don't like be terrible. Like baseball and just give it to Albert. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So dumb. I want my money back. <laughs> oh, I'm only going to I'm only going to hit the most home runs in the National League, but. All of a sudden, I'm getting thrown meatballs, and I can't hit them. Yeah, I can't hit home runs. We're, I mean, yeah, we're in Colorado. Yeah. Where, where's the ball supposed to go? Yeah. Wasn't that where they were this year? Mm, I don't think so. I think that was the previous year. They were in uh, uh, Washington. No, they weren't in one. So those... No, they were in a little. Oh, where the fuck were they? MLB All-Star Game 2022. Hey, 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 they're not doing but the game. They're going to do like a flag football game and something else. But they're doing away with like what their current model is. Fuck, what was it? The but Pro like, Bowl? Yeah, 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 the Pro Bowl. Yeah they're, yeah, they're doing away with that in the skills competition and moving to like a flag football game. I don't even know if that's just NFL players or that's going to be like some celebrity flag football game and then something else. But... Um, that I guess hockey still has the skills competition. That one's fun to fucking watch too. Yes, it is. Uh, it is better. Like I've checked it out live. Definitely, like skills competition would still be fun for like baseball. You know, like yeah, I agree. Fielders like throwing from the outfield into a trash can at home plate. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, catchers picking off guys at second. Guys, you know, racing to see who's the fastest to like steal a base. Like you actually like you you get have to get a jump or something like there's so many things I think they would be do they would be so just so cool to watch, right? Um, yeah, like <clears throat> watching 
watching content with uh with the momentum youtube channel like i think that they do a lot of stuff that could translate easily to like skills competition like fun type stuff um you know like just dialing in and like getting in like a batting cage set up and you know like see if guys can like you know think of it like weightlifting like okay we're gonna start at 90 and see if you can hit it like you get three swings to try to hit, hit a home run or whatever um it's just here you go you gotta catch up to it and then like you know guys make it okay now we're gonna move it up to 95 okay now we're gonna move it up to 100 okay now we're gonna move it to 105 you know whatever uh, you you move your way through like i think it would be cool to see like little mini like home run derbies like based on like you know by like position player like the like the position that you play and just do it off of a machine like you don't need guys out there to throw bp um it, it can just be like in a cage like it doesn't even have to be like this big exaggerated thing that you have a whole bunch of fans in the stands for it could just be something that like you do for shits and giggles that is just content and nowadays like it could easily be done you know like over the course of a day like yeah this is going to be a, a long day it's going to be in your off season it's fine you know but i i agree i think that there's tons of stuff they could do um if they did a skills competition and like i said yeah, it the doesn't there so fun to watch i just think there's more yeah like there there are other things i saw, and i just think there's more the season to it. and there's not a lot of time right like in like you don't that would be like the one knock on the one knock on it is like you don't want those guys to act, be doing extra stuff because they got to go back in like just a couple days, you know, and play. So. Right. And that's why I think that, uh, you know, and they still have like arguably the more important aspect of their schedule coming up after it. Yeah. So I would agree that I think it's, it would be more relevant if they can make it after the season's done. Um, and I think it would, you know, you can take in like, you know, like, you can still do the All-Star game. You can still do all that stuff. And I like it doesn't need to be, like, this other super extravagant event that you... It, it could be, like, a combine. You know, like, there aren't... There's not a ton of fans and, and, you know, screaming fans for, like, the NFL combine for college players. But that's essentially what they're doing is, like, a skills assessment. And that's all we want the pro players to do. So you just have cameras down there. You can televise it you can stream it you can get all this content out there and i guarantee you it's something that like millions of people would view on a yearly basis um you know like tic-tac-toe battles and pitching or like you know how much you can make a ball like curve like who has the biggest break like you know who throws the hardest you know that you're just gearing up to like max out and you know like okay this is what i'm gonna do um and of course like you run the risk of someone getting injured, but you do that. And like any time you have stuff going on, yeah, you know, like you have guys giving it their all one time around the rink and the NHL, like you easily could like blow out a knee or pull a hamstring or do whatever. Like you could easily get hurt going all out. And they do that middle of the year. So like, I just need you to come in and th like warm up, do your thing. And then, we're going to have you like, you're going to get like three goes at trying to clock as hard as you can. 
just to see who throws the hardest. You know, you just get guys that can dial it up triple digits. Like, how awesome would it be to see, like, Helsley hit, like, 107 on an MLB mound? <laughs> like, I, I, I think that would be insane. Would be sick. It's already sick seeing him hit 104. Right. So he's like, oh, damn. Like, all right. Like, you're not worried about, like, accuracy as much. Like, of course, you're trying to throw a strike, but you don't have a guy up there sitting at the plate. It's like if you lose control of it, it's not 107 to the chin, you know, ending somebody's life. <laughs> I, I just feel like they can let it rip a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, accuracy type stuff, like you said, like throwing to a trash can at home plate or, like, turning double plays or, like, for style points or whatever, like, just to have fun with it. Like, it's shit that I'm sure these right. guys do on a regular basis, you know, when they're dicking around in practice. Yep. Yeah, it was, like, the the equivalent of, like, a uh, slam dunk competition, you know? Like, yeah. If you want to turn this sick double play behind the back through your legs, spinning, you know, because, you know, it's just got to be quick or whatever. Like, you know, give them some style points. Like, yeah. Yeah, you, cool. you know, like uh, like a batting accuracy. So it's, like, you have, like, bunt down the third baseline, bunt down the first baseline, like ground ball to like in between third and shortstop, like ground ball up the middle, ground ball to the gap on the right, like fly balls down the lines or in the gap, you know, and like you just have points like targets, like, all right, like this is what you're trying to hit. You know, like hit, hit these things, like guide the ball to these areas and yeah, you're just throwing BP or whatever, but you're trying to do certain things with bat control. Like everyone's just batting off a machine, so everyone's got the same pitches. Like here you go, we're just gonna place it in. It's gonna be the same mile per hour every time. Just get your timing down, or whatever. It's just BP fastballs. Go out there and show your bat skills. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, I got. I, yeah, I think it'd just be cool. To, like see these guys show off what they're capable of doing. Um, yeah, give more like the kids like watch and yeah. mimic, you know, what it's all about anyway. Yeah, like I would imagine that most young kids probably don't even know the name Ryan Helsley, but if Ryan Helsley threw 104, 105, you know, and the uh, MLB skills competition, I imagine more people would know his name. Like, it's only good for the Cardinals. It's only good for Helsley, you know, for brand recognition, you know, for it to be a name. Help him land that next big contract, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, none of the Cardinals. You ain't getting no big contract here, you know. (laughs) Um, They've paid a couple guys some good money. And we won't trade him and we won't sign him, dude. He'll just fizzle out here. (laughs) They'll send him back to Memphis. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Ryan Helsley was up here pitching 104. Yeah. Uh, remember when he had control? Then he started hitting guys. Oh, man. Yeah, they signed Gallegos to his extension, and then he had a, <laughs> he had yeah. an interesting outing last night. The curse, dude. Yeah. It was, the Cardinals, uh, when they think they find a guy back there, I'll continue <laughs> to say it. It's short-lived, you know. They just they can't. There's no consistency back there. Yeah. They, uh, that's an interesting way to lose well, the game. But... Oh, last dude. night I think that's the first time I've ever seen that yeah like, I've definitely seen teams win on a walk-off walk before 
but I don't know that I've seen a team win on four consecutive walks to lead off the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen that happen. It's a, it's a special brand of baseball. You know? Yeah. Uh, you but know, it's those Pirates, man, they're a good team. Pirates are a good team. That Cardinals fans did show up. Um, I imagine that a big portion of that as well also had to do with like Pujols chasing 700. Yeah, and um, you and I buying season-only passes. Uh, I mean, it was attendance, not tickets sold. So it's people actually in the seats. Ah. Nice, dude. They don't even count us. We paid for it, and we, they don't even count us? So. Uh, correct. Yeah. That's fucked. Um, oh, a little hit-and-run action for the Padres. Wait. <laughs> I don't know. I could be behind. Oh, I am. Jeez. Why just get so far behind? Okay. Padres did not score. It's <laughs> still one nothing. Mm. Got it. I wonder how behind I am on all these other games. Okay. Yankees lost. Good to know. Let's switch this over to one. Sorry, I'm. Let's just let's go ahead and put the the Houston Philly game on. Dear. Oh, gotta mute it. Don't want this game volume just all over the podcast. Oh, Sorry. dude, don't want to get DMCA. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think our our uh. I put this under the wrong. Why did not organized? Yep. Paste. The not organized podcast. Yep. Control. Mm. All right. There we go. All right. Um, but no, I think on on the year in terms of like a regular season, I think we we kind of got what was anticipated um i will say that uh i don't think the yankees finished quite where i anticipated them given the start they had you know like given like where they were if we go back and look at it like yeah let's just say like july 1st you know when the yankees were playing you know like 730 win percentage they were 56 and 21 they already had a 12 no, game no lead games. you know they were Winning. how many series did they open the they won like i feel like the first 12 series or something like that um, series like they go on like a to, pretty good series to start to the year. year yeah um they they won quite a bit of series but i don't think it was i don't i i don't think it was like super long to like on beaten um because they lost like they i know they opened up the ser- the season with a series win against boston um split with toronto lost to ball lost the series to baltimore but then from there that's where it kind of opened up a bit um i think they won they rattled off like quite a few series in a row now i'm waiting for this to load up 
Okay, yeah. So it wasn't right off the bat, but it was early in the year. I mean, that yeah. So then they win series because we talked about a lot. Hey, that's all you got to do is lock up series. You know, yeah. your your SRR uh, um our expected win. Yeah. Total. Like they were. Yeah, the acceptable. Pace, if not pacing and outpacing it. Yeah, uh, of like what was acceptable. Yeah, because like after after losing that third series to Baltimore, they beat Detroit, then Cleveland. Baltimore, Kansas City, Toronto, uh, Texas, Toronto, uh, White Sox, Baltimore, um, and then they finally lost another series to the White Sox, um, and that was like their second series loss. Then they won a series against Baltimore, then Tampa Bay, um, and then Angels, Detroit, Minnesota, Cubs. Tampa Bay, Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, split with the Astros, beat Oakland, and so then it was like to start. Um, oh, and then they had the the one game series with Houston, so call that what you will. Then they took two out of three from Cleveland, split with Pittsburgh, split with Boston, and then that's when things really started to go downhill. Then they lost the series to Cincinnati. They took two out of three from Boston, but then they got swept by the Astros, got swept by the Mets. <laughs> um, and then it turned to August and they like lost the series to Seattle, got swept by the Cardinals, lost the series to Seattle, lost the series to Boston, lost the series to Tampa Bay, lost the series to Toronto, <laughs> split with Oakland, lost the series to El- to the hmm. Angels. Totally different. Yeah, lost series to Tampa Bay, and then it was like started to right the ship a little bit, um, winning series again. But August was just real bad. Um, but yeah, so like we were saying, they were, you know, so far out and ahead. Um, you know, come the All Star break, like they were sitting in um like a spot that you were just like, this is an unreal pace. I don't know how they will continue to keep this up. Because um, what? So we'll say July 13th, they were playing 700 baseball still, 62 and 26. Um, teams were starting to reel them in a little bit. Uh, they were 5-5 five and five in their last set at that point. But they still had the best record in baseball by five games. They were 14 games up in the division. And you're like, cool. Like, they're just going to, like, even if they stumble a bit, they're probably going to coast into 100 wins at this point. Like, that, they were at 62 wins at the, uh, what, 88 win mark. So they still have, like, just under 80 games to play, like 75 games still to play, and they needed to win 40 of them. They had to play, like, 500 baseball to get to 100 wins. And then now you look at where they're where they're at, with their loss tonight, they're 99 and 62. So when it was like, Oh man, at like the half, like a little past the halfway point, this is a shoe in. If they don't win tomorrow, they will have not gotten to a hundred wins. <laughs> and I would have thought that there was like no way that would be the case when they played yeah, 700 agree. baseball for the first three and a half months of the season. They were just like, Oh, okay. Damn. Would not put money on that. Yeah. Cause what? 700 baseball. What would be 113 wins, roughly, 113, 114 wins. 
Um, so like not even not even the Dodgers right now are at that. They're six eighty eight, and they're one hundred and ten and fifty. Um, so you're just like, oh, okay, like cool. Um, but I I will say that you know uh, we talked about it like last year with the Cardinals a little bit with their seventeen game win streak, and everybody was like, oh well, yeah, like they finished with uh, a, a record where we kind of expected them. And thank God for that 17-game win streak. Like, without that, the season would have been lost. Like, but yeah, but they had, like, a franchise-worst month in, what was it, June or whatever as well. Like, that they just couldn't beat anybody to save their lives. Um, they played, like, god-awful baseball. They had, like, seven wins the entire month or whatever it was. It was just atrocious. So you're like, cool, like, the yeah, good came. The setup. Yeah, like, the good came with the bad. But ultimately, like, all in all, they finished kind of where we would have anticipated them to finish. I mean, what they, um, they didn't win the division, but they got 90 wins last year. So you're like, cool. Like if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year, the Cardinals were going to finish in a wild card spot with 90 wins. I'd like, I could buy that. Like, yeah, I could see that. Um, and so this year, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year, like, yeah, Yankees will win the division. Um, you know, it'll be single digits, you know, somewhere between like five and nine games. They'll win the division by, and they'll finish with the right around a hundred wins. They'll be a hundred win team. I'd be like, yeah, I could, I could see that. I wouldn't have believed it. I think I would have put them more like similar to where they were last year. I didn't think the team was that much better this year going into the year than what they were last year, but they were a 92 win team last year. So it's like, all right, like maybe some things go a little differently. They get, they have a little bit better health because I think there were stretches where like both Stanton and judge were hurt last year. So like, mm-hmm. all right, like if they could stay healthier, which they did for a long part of the beginning of the season, um, <clears throat> you know, they have guys like Cortez that came up last year that were going to be staples in the rotation um, for the entirety of the year. So you're like, all right, maybe they're a little better. So I could get behind like 95 wins. Like I could see that but I think getting to that hundred game mark could be tough. And I get five games doesn't seem like a lot, but I think in the grand scheme of things that it, it is quite different. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so like I, I would put them in that mark. So even with like the bad months they, that they had, you're still like, all right, very happy with where we're at. You know, they number two seed in AL won the division. Can't be mad about it. And then the same for the Cardinals, like, they're, I think they won tonight. Yeah, so they're 93 and 68. If they win tomorrow, they finish with 94 wins, um, which I think will be the, I think they're already at the highest win total they've had since 2015 when they won 100 games. Um, they, you know, they're going to the playoffs for the third year in a row, improved on last year. I think at the beginning of the year, we didn't really expect, like we didn't really know what to anticipate. Um, we weren't, I, I think both you and I weren't very thrilled with what they, with the moves that they made. Um, and I will say, I think that they've been quite surprising. Like I think, you know, Pools has had a way better year than I think I anticipated him having, um, Dickerson really turned it on in the second half. And it, <clears throat> I think the, the big surprises to me are that like, you got so much input at different times from guys like Juan Yepes, Brendan Donovan, Newt Barr. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, like, 
we like DeYoung was exactly what we expected him to be. You know, like just continuing that path. Like I don't, <clears throat> I don't, I can't even tell you. Like I don't, I don't even remember the last time I've heard anything about him. You know, that was anything different than what's been said all along. Like I'm, I'm bringing up the team stats now just because I'm curious to know like where he's at, like batting average wise and whatnot. Um, select player pool, all players. I'm sure, I'm gonna have to go to a second page. Oh no, he's on the first page. Yeah, so, um, 206 at bats. He's hitting 160. Like I, I don't, I don't get what he's on the team for. Getting regular bats. Don't understand it. Um, and then you look at some of the other guys, like, you know, Brennan Donovan, real strong year, hitting 281. He's been a menace at the top of the lineup. You know, um, not really, hasn't really been stealing bags. Like he's, you know, one of the rare guys with good speed that's been thrown out more times than he's been safe stealing. Um, I feel like that's rare just in baseball in general. Um, but, you know, been, been hitting for high average, but it's made up for the fact that like Tommy Edmond had some realistic regression hitting 262 where he was like, I feel like he was pushing like 300 last year. Um, you know, you had a whole bunch of pop from, I don't know. Wow. Edmund only hit 262 last year as well. Um, I thought he would have been, I thought he had a higher average than that. So you kind of got what you expected from Edmund then. Mm. Maybe he's just a 262 career hitter. Cause that's where he's been each of these last two years. It all evens out, you know? Yep. Um, but, like, uh, O'Neal hasn't really been what you expected. Hitting 228, he's only got 14 home runs. But Pujols negated a bunch of that, hitting 270 and having 24 home runs. Yeah, like, if you would have told me that Pujols is going to be third on the team <laughs> in home runs, yeah, you know, by a significant margin, I'd been like, you're fucking full of shit. Um you know, if you would have told me that Lars Newbar was going to have the same number of home runs on the year as Tyler O'Neill, I would have told you that you're full of shit. Um, you know, so so you just you, the the Cardinals got got production from places that were unexpected, but then they got way less than expected in a lot of positions, like Molina and the catcher spot in general, horrible. Like Sucks. they they got nothing from that. Um. Like I said, Dickerson was terrible for the first part of the year. Um, end of the year, he's hitting 270 right now. He's got six home runs. Um, he has no stolen bases, which I think is surprising. Um, but gets on base decent enough, like 304 clip. Um, like I said, like, he just stepped it up when the rest of the team was struggling. If Goldschmidt and Arenado didn't have the April and May that they did, I think that this team looks completely different. I think the Cardinals season looks much different. Um, I also don't think if they, if they don't bring in Quintana and Montgomery at the trade deadline, I also think this team looks much different. Um, not even necessarily because like that, I think they dealt with a rash of some things, um, not necessarily injuries, but you know, you, you have Wayno dealing with dead arm, um, Hudson kind of fell off cliff. So you would really just have like miles Michaelis. Yeah. And, super with Washington. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it. Like you don't really have, 
Like, you wouldn't really have anyone else having quality starts. I mean, like, you got, what, like, Andre Pallante was filling in decent enough. Um, but, like, Matt's was down. Flaherty never really came back. <clears throat> I mean, you the, the Cardinals only have... Um, like if you, if you remove Montgomery and Quintana, cause obviously it's only counting, I think it's only counting their innings pitch for the Cardinals, not what they threw with their other teams respectively. Um, like the, the Cardinals though, they only have four pitchers that broke a hundred innings pitch this year. Um, and like Montgomery and Quintana are, are, are like in like the sixties. So if they were here all year, obviously they also would have done that. But so I'm just saying, like out outside of those guys, like you didn't really have anyone else step up to be like that consistent starter. Um, and so that's that's why to me, like if you if you lose, where we talk about like the team's kind of set, if you lose Quintana and Wayno off of this team, they're like what what does that look like? Yeah, like who who do you really have? Like, are they like? Do they think Stephen Matz is the answer to fill that in? Like, are they just the reality is with Flaherty? You know, what do you? The reality is you won't know until the trade deadline next year when they sign two or three more left-handers to be starters. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question though, because the I mean, you just figured that oh, we just got a couple of these guys. Hudson's gonna be Hudson. And Mats is going to be kind of, uh, you know, or they, you know, all you guys told us Mats is going to be, and even Mats came in talking about he's going to pitch 200 innings yeah. and all these things. So, like, at the beginning of the year, you kind of were hyped up about the pitching. Um, and at the end of the year, going into the playoffs, it is a, a very piecemealed, it's going to end up being a very piecemealed uh, program together. Yeah, that there that there's legitimate conversation that Adam Wainwright isn't going to make a start in the wild card series, and that to me I think is is baffling. Like I think we talked about it a good it amount last week. Last week that like he said he wants to pitch, he gets to pitch. Yeah, like how how do you justify you know a decision to not throw Waino and yeah. what could be his final season as a Cardinal? or final season in baseball and it's like if he if you if you make the decision now you lose yeah he doesn't pitch and you lose every fan doesn't matter how bad he's been up until that playoff game doesn't matter they'll be like well we only lost because wainwright didn't get a chance right the whole series will be on one game for you as a coach you're going to have a hard decision to make in the fan base, you know? Yeah. Like Wayno has proven himself time and time again and the, and you know, rising to the occasion in the big game, you know, get it done. And he's got a pretty good track record in the postseason. Chris Carpenter when it comes to that. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's pretty impressive. I'll pull myself into six innings. I don't give a fuck what happens. I can throw six innings worth of baseball. Um, I, I will say like the 2019 nationals, kind of coming out of nowhere and winning a world series it did one thing more so than anything else in my opinion and it was get the nationals franchise off the hook for the decision that they made what i had to be maybe just a couple years prior when they decided that due to an innings limit they weren't going to pitch strasburg 
and the postseason in his rookie year. And I think that it might have been 2000. I feel like 2013 maybe could have been could have been later than that. Because I I feel like it was against the Cardinals. Let me. uh, Steven Stromberg. What was his rookie year? Um, so it, I want to say, I think it was, I, he, he pitched a handful of games in 2010, but I, I want to say it might've been. Was it 2011? Because I know the Cardinals went on to win the World Series that year, obviously. But I don't remember if the if they played. No, so the Nationals didn't make the World Series, or didn't make the playoffs that year. So was it 2012? Um, yeah, so 2012... And, yeah, so it was Nationals-Cardinals, and that's when the Cardinals knocked out the Nationals in five games, and they opted to not have, um, to like, due to innings limit, they, like, were not going to throw um, Strasburg. Like, I think they even, like, left him off of the NLDS roster. And they were just like, what the hell? Like, this franchise has had nothing going for it since, like, the pre you know, pre-strike and they didn't really do anything after 2011 until 2019. Like they, like, I think they had lost in a couple wildcard games potentially here or there, uh, but hadn't really advanced anywhere. And they were like, all right, like you took our best pitcher and we lost the series in five games with our best pitcher on the bench. So in this case, like if you, like you have Wayno. And that's all anyone's ever going to talk about if they lose with him on the bench. It's like, well, what if we just pitched Wayno? Like, what if Wainwright would have started? That series looks way different. If Wayno pitches and he gets hit, then so be it. Like, that's where it's at. But if you don't pitch Wainwright and the argument becomes like, well, he was battling through dead arm, you know, whatever. And in my opinion, that is the Cardinals front office saying, we valued Wayno and Molina getting their battery record more than the Cardinals doing well in the postseason. Cause if this was something like this, this dead arm is detrimental enough that he can't pitch through it in the postseason, then there's absolutely no way he should have been pitching the last two weeks after the Cardinals locked up a playoff spot. Like as soon as they clinched the division, Wayno shouldn't have touched another ball until the postseason. Like, you rest, you get up, you need to do whatever you need to do to be ready for game one, because we're not going on a, we're not going deep in the playoffs if you're not healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising, though. I mean, same, same sentiment there. If Wainwright wanted, I'm sure the option was brought up, you know. I would, I think it would be dumb not to think at some point in time, parties had a conversation about, um, Hey, we just sit you down and him saying, no, I want to pitch. I just, I want this or whatever it is, you know, get me out there for a couple innings, whatever it's got to be. I just, he has too much say in what he does, which right, wrong or indifferent. Um, 
which I mean, when we talked about Ali, was going to be the problem with Ali. Was yeah, he how how are you going to tell an Adam Wainwright no? How are you going to tell an Albert Pools no? How are you going to tell a a, a a Yadier Molina no? You know, it's just you know those players will be gone and it'll be your team eventually. But I got right. a hard time just blaming the organization for that. I I'm going to put some blame on Adam for uh, you know. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> Knowing his body, I mean, like, I don't put the team in the best spot to win, so don't put me out there. Right. Yeah. So I will say, I and not, and not to say that other that other pitchers don't do this or whatever. Like, I just I'm not as exposed to it. Um. So we, I think, I think I've talked about it on on the podcast a few times as of late. But like this whole momentum YouTube channel, like Trevor Bauer's YouTube content, um, is. It's a, a relatively interesting look behind the scenes. So he he has like this like biometrics ring that he wears all the time. And he like is like on his own, like calculates data based on like different readings for his body. And then based on that information, he says whether he's like green, yellow or red. And he compares it to like, where he is in his cycle so if this is like day four between pitching like he compares it to just how his body felt to day like the final day before pitching or day four since his last start you know or whatever and so he'll use that information on like on his start days to talk to his coach and be like hey like i'm green today so like i'm good to go like if you need to push me as long as you can my body can handle it but if he's like, a, if it's like a yellow day, then he'll give his coach a heads up like, hey, like, you know, this might be a day like where I start to tire earlier. You know, I'm not going to be able to give it my all. You know, we might only be able to get like six innings out of me. So think about matchups for what you want to do with the bullpen. And so I don't know that all players do that. I imagine Bauer's not alone in this, but just hearing that that sort of, you know, I guess like analysis is taking place um is crazy to me like i think it's extremely insightful um and he'll even talk about like oh yeah i i expect my body will kind of read like this like i haven't slept that well i've struggled with my recovery cycle um and it's just it's a lot of very interesting insight so i'm like cool like this guy is extremely intelligent and likable enough like if he just didn't like think he was God's gift to the world. It would be so much easier to tolerate him. <laughs> like if he wasn't like, I won my Cy Young. I'm the greatest pitcher. I'm better than literally everyone else. I'm the greatest man that's ever walked out on the mound. Um, he he would be, you know, it would be so much more fun. Like I I love his antics. Like you know his sword celebration and the Conor McGregor walk that he does off the mound and pitching with one eye closed and shit like it's hilarious like and i'm i'm for it that's like i love like what nestor cortez does so much with like all of his weird funky ass windups to just throw off the hitting the timing of a pitcher or of the hitter and i'm i'm for it and bauer also like openly welcomes like people doing it back like he you know has talked about that like correa or not correa uh tatis hit the home run off of him and like covered the one eye and like he thought it was hilarious um you know he's had plenty of guys celebrate on him and he's like he thinks that there should be a spot for it and i know we've talked about it like at some point you know a 
pitcher should be able to pound his chest. And a guy should be able to pimp the shit out of a, of a big home yeah, run. Yeah, you make millions of dollars to make these fucking plays, man. Yeah. Celebrate like, them. Yeah. Everyone else is. Everyone else is pumping. They didn't even do the play. Right. And everyone else is like, woo, 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 woo. You know, like, what does it matter if you're not whoopie doing or not? Yeah. Man? It's like, so I, dumb. Yeah, you I'm know, all for it. So. The fun, dude. The NFL is the no fun league, dude. Baseball doesn't <laughs> want to have fun either, dude. Yeah. Nobody wants to have fun. Um. Yeah, MLB. Mild to light banter. That's what that MLB is. <laughs> no fun league is the NFL. You can do some stuff in baseball. Yeah. You know, at least they didn't ban, like, home run celebrations. You know, I feel like that that's what, like, in, in the NFL, when you score a touchdown, like, all you can do is, like, hand the ball back to the ref and, like, shake hands with your teammates. No, now you can <laughs> celebrate touchdowns. You're allowed, you're allowed to celebrate a touchdown. I guess there is a point where it goes too far, but that's only if you're doing, like, crotch grabs. And, oh, see, that's uh, fine. You can have a, that's fine you can have a full-on team conversation or a team celebration now. They do a bunch of, like, get in the boat and paddle the boat together, oh, take nice. a team picture. Um, so the Bob uh, and Weave can come down. back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they wanted to Bob and Weave, dude, there could be some Bob no. and Weaves coming on. Yep. The Falcons can bring the dirty word back. Yep. Dude, I mean, I, let's get real. It was only banned because the Bob and Weave was just getting done on everybody five to six times a game. <laughs> yep. And constantly bobbing and weaving. Yeah, Bill, Bell, Bill Belichick said he had a problem with it. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, the Rams can't be doing that. They're from St. Louis. Fuck that city. Small market teams. And they can't have it. Yeah. So. <laughs> they should even have a football team. <laughs> yeah, you should give them away. Yeah. I know. Oh, let me talk to the owner. Let's give them the <laughs> Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense financially for the NFL, but just just put it through. Yeah, whatever you say, Bill. Whatever you need, buddy. They got to do the Patriots. They're so bad right now. It's so great. Yeah, it's because their balls so are great. fully inflated. <clears throat> yep. When they they're on their like third string quarterback. That's not good. That's because their starting quarterbacks playing in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, and their backup quarterbacks injured. So <laughs> yeah, and that they've never moved on from Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Brady's trying to move on from his wife. Ooh. Oh, I was told. Me and BJ were talking about it the other day. I was like, dude, honestly, I could care less. Obviously, about like Tom Brady and his wife, but. Man, I don't care if it's true or not. I'd love the media to be talking shit on Tom Brady in midseason, dude. I just fucking love that shit. Uh, I hope it is not true, you know, because that's just bad for everyone involved. They got kids and shit. But, but, man, I hope it's distracting as fuck. Right. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. Lie about it. Tom Brady <clears throat> has sex change. Is transgender now. Should he be allowed to play yeah. men's football? Sure. Should he have to play women's football now? <laughs> Are you Donald Trump reporting on this right now? <laughs> yeah, that's what it turned into. Right? Is that what that's going on? Yeah. Um, I know in the next episode of The Apprentice of Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, man. And, and uh, Tamelia Brady. <laughs> Out of all the names you could have gone with, Tamelia is what you yeah. go with. Yeah. Identifies as a Spanish woman, Tamilia. Jesus, get it right. Just stop. 
just stop. You're ridiculous. <laughs> We're gonna be canceled now because of you. No, dude. No or or Tom point. or Tom Brady's going to come out as transgender, and we would have reported it first. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what's gonna happen. That was his secret. He went away for the team for like a couple weeks, and he was really having surgery. So. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, he's getting. I heard he was getting fitted for an extra finger. So he could win the ring. <laughs> so he yeah. had a finger for it. Yep. 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 Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> real though. All right. Um, Philly's lost. It is official. Um, I had a third. Heard a brief little excerpt from. Oh, Phillies. I mean, I guess you're going to get Aaron Nola. And I, now I'm hoping we get Kyle Gibson. Where he was kind of good towards the end of the year, he's also been known to just fucking only go two innings. So I doubt you're really going to get him. But um, yeah. And I don't know who else it'll be. They've moved, they've already moved Eflin to the bullpen. He's already been pitching in relief. Um, yeah, so you're probably looking at Nola... Wheeler, and then my guess would either be Gibson or Syndergaard. Yeah, I guess it's... Um, you like the name Syndergaard there, but the results are... It's also... Innings probably, especially in playoff baseball, maybe three innings. Yeah, it's, it's also possible that they just go with, like, Ranger Suarez. However... I feel like this it would be a game three situation that you would utilize Ranger Suarez. And I feel like if it is game three in St. Louis, at that point, there's the possibility that it's Wayno pitching. Like, let's say they go with, like, Michaelis and Montgomery or Michaelis and Quintana in games one and two because uh, they had them both pitch Monday um, or yesterday. They, they both pitched. So it would set them up for what? One, two, three. Um, weird. Okay. So if they both pitched Monday, either one of them to pitch Friday, it would be on three days rest. And then Hudson pitched tonight. And I don't know. Um, I know Flaherty came in for an inning. Um, who else pitched for the Cardinals tonight. I don't think, like, because I'm sure they would have just had Wayno start, if anything. Um, so, because what, Wayno pitched the, he started Sunday, right? The final home game? Yes. Yeah, so. Because they all walked off the mound together. Oh, yeah, goodness. so Hudson. So sweet. Yeah, Hudson, Palante, Ramiro, Flaherty, Helsley, Thompson, Stratton. So you're uh, – I, I feel like you're probably not going with either of those guys. And then, like I said, you had – I'm just going to double-check that Quintana and Michaelis pitched. Yeah, you had Quintana go three, Michaelis go three. Then you had Mats, Palante, Gallegos, Romero. Um, so you've thrown Plante back-to-back games out of the bullpen. He hasn't started in a while, and so I don't think there's any way you're going with him. But I guess they, in theory, it could be like, all right, this was a bullpen session.
for Michaelis. Um, but if Wayno pitched Sunday, so it'd be one, two, three, four. So it would set up that it would just be Wayno's next scheduled start would be Friday. So I, I feel like that's got to be who it is. So like you're probably looking at like Wayno, Michaelis, Quintana, and then they'll probably utilize you know Montgomery, Hudson, Flaherty as backups if anyone has trouble. Um, do we know who is projected to start tomorrow? We don't. Um, I guess probably just like a bullpen game. Yeah. And then you would have, you know, Wayno and like Monty ready to go for Friday. And then Michaelis, you know, and whoever, Flaherty. Um, I would say Michaelis and Quintana. Well, I think that you're like, those are going to be your, your, if you, if it goes three games, it's going to be like your, your four potential starters, I think have to be Wayno, Michaelis, Montgomery, Quintana. Like those are going to be the four guys that you would utilize as starters. Um, so I think that there's the possibility that if they start Wayno, they're like, okay, if Wayno gets in trouble early, we'll have a quick hook and we'll switch and pivot and go to Montgomery and then just try to get as many innings out of Montgomery as we can at that point and treat it like a start. But if Wayno goes deep enough, then you can pivot, just have Montgomery pitch game two, Michaelis pitch game three, and then you know you have Quintana on the back burner for like, okay, if Montgomery gets in trouble, we can go to Quintana, or if Montgomery doesn't, then we can go to Michaelis on game three with Quintana as a backup. It's like you have that long relief type guy that can be there, um, and then what it would fall to in the absolute best case scenario is that you don't need that four starter at all, and that's who pitches game one of the NLDS for you. Um, and then you would come back with the other three again. Um, so say it goes Wayno, Mani, Michaelis, then Quintana ends up being odd man out and goes to game one. Then you come back with Wayno, Mani, Michaelis, whatever. If it doesn't go three games, then game one, you just come back with, say, if Michaels is going to pitch game three, now you just have Michaelis pitch game one, and then it goes, you know, Wayno, Montgomery, Quintana, Michaelis, um, or something along those lines. That would be my my assumption. Um, and then, because I think... I feel like it's a safe bet that it's Philly. I mean, Padres are up 4 nothing going into the 7th, or maybe in the 7th. Um, sorry, bottom of the 6th, 4 to nothing. Um, so let's look real quick. Who has pitched recently for the Phillies? I know Nola started yesterday. And Suarez pitched today. And he threw 67 pitches and got lit up. So it's probably, you know, Suarez maybe could pitch game three. Nola would pitch game one on short rest. 
So who pitched Sunday for Philly? We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to figure it out. Wheeler. Yeah, I mean, it's should be easy. Yeah, Wheeler. Oh, yeah, Zach Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Wheeler. So, I, so I feel like you're looking at Wheeler game one, Nola game two. Um, and then they had a double header on Saturday. And I think it was probably Syndergaard that pitched one game and Gibson that started the other. Yep. Um, so that's probably who you're looking at. It's one of those two, like we suggest. So Suarez probably not in the in the mix. It's probably all we ruled out there. Is and Gibson it's probably Wheeler. Lefty, right? Uh, both righties. I'm pretty sure. Both righties. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know Syndergaard's a righty. I'm pretty sure Gibson's a righty. I think the only lefty they have is Suarez. Um, and that's what I'm saying. That I think that uh. And like I think against lefties, the Cardinals lineup's probably better, um, because you get, you know, you're you're putting Pujols into the lineup, um, for sure against the pitching that he's more dominant against. Goldie and Arenado are righties. Um, Carlson and Edmund both are switch hitters. Uh, Yepes is a righty. O'Neill, who I don't even know if he's healthy or not right now, but he is a righty. Um, so it's like the only real like pure lefty lefty matchup that you would get is Dickerson, um, because guys like Gorman just like aren't probably aren't going to be on the wildcard roster. So it would be like a Newt Bar and Dickerson would be like the only favorable lefty lefty matchups you get. Um, so I, I feel like having a righty would be like right-handed pitching would be more ideal, um, unless you just have like a big-time lefty, like a Kershaw or a Robbie Ray, even though Kershaw gets owned by the Cardinals in the postseason. Um, but, yeah, something like that. Like, you just have a guy that's like a, you know, fifth every fifth day or every fifth game, you're giving him the ball. doesn't matter. That's just what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, so Wheeler, Nola, and then Gibson or Syndergaard would be my assumption. Um Strong possibility for Syndergaard just because I agree with you. I think Gibson started out really strong and just has kind of been pretty meh as of late. Um, yep. He's on your team, yep. so I, I trust you to feel confident. In... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't feel confident. I'm, I'm not sure I feel confident in either one of those, but if I, Chris, was going to pick it off of just my fantasy results, I think I'd probably... Just pit center guard and um, and have some bullpen ready, just regardless, because both of those guys you're gonna probably just get, I don't know, four innings out of. Yeah. So if if I go back, so the the one start in October and five starts in September for Gibson. Um. So this goes back to September second. He went one and two thirds against the Giants in San Francisco. Uh, five hits, seven runs, walked four. Um, five innings against the Marlins, nine hits, four earned runs, um, two home runs allowed. Uh, another start against the Marlins, so back-to-back starts. He went six innings, gave up six hits, one run, struck out seven. Um, so that was a good good outing. Um, then he went played Toronto, five innings, twelve hits allowed, seven runs allowed. Um, gave up a home run, only three strikeouts. Um, Atlanta, he had five innings, five runs allowed, seven hits allowed, struck out nine, 
so we had a strikeout pitch working um and then against the nationals on saturday six innings eight hits allowed seven runs allowed uh struck out seven walked two gave up two home runs so he's given up 24 home runs on the year um seven of those have been in his last six starts so a third of them in his last six uh gibson has made two starts against the cardinals this year they were back to back at the beginning of july um and they were polar opposite starts basically um in the first he went four innings gave up seven hits six runs walked two struck out two hit two batters and gave up four home runs and then in the second outing, a week later, he went seven innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. <laughs> so pretty polar opposites in back-to-back starts against the Cardinals. Yep. Um, and then if we look at... But I think takeaway, he has been pretty bad as of late. And most Cardinals fans are probably just hoping there isn't a game three and they don't care who the matchup is. Um, but for Syndergaard. Yeah. Baseball, you know, milks them games out, though. So Yeah, Syndergaard, five starts in this time frame. Um, similar teams, San Francisco, Washington, Miami, Toronto, Washington. But he went four and a third against San Francisco, seven hits, four runs. Um Six innings against Washington, eight hits, three runs. Six innings against Miami, uh, six hits, four runs. Two innings against Toronto, three hits, no runs, two strikeouts. So I don't know if maybe there was like a rain delay or something, or if he, I don't know why he only went two innings. Um, Oh, it looks like he pitched in relief. Gotcha. Okay, so he didn't didn't start that game. Um, And then he started... On the first, uh, went five and two thirds, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts, no runs against the Nationals. So he's been a little better than Gibson as of late. Pretty similar stat line on the year. I think Syndergaard's like 10 and 10. I think Gibson is like 11 and 10 is what I looked at. Um, let me flip back over to his page. Uh, so he's 10 and 8. Um, he's got a... Yeah, he's 10 and 8. He's got like a 505 ERA. Um, Syndergaard's ERA is like 3.94. Yeah, sim- so similar numbers. Um so I don't think either one in game in a game three is very scary. Um, and then they have, like I said, they have Zach Eflin that uh, has been reduced to bullpen duty. <clears throat> but was a starter at one point in time. And his numbers aren't terrible. You know, ERA a little over four. Struck out 65 guys in 75 innings pitched. You know, so could be an option for him 
to go along with like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna open with, you know, uh, Gibson or Syndergaard, and then these guys are gonna piggyback off of each other, or we're just gonna get like two or three innings, and then we're gonna go with this guy. So like in a game three, it could be a situation where you see like Syndergaard for three innings, Gibson for three innings, Eflin for an inning or two Suarez for an inning or two, you know, and you know, maybe that's the game. Maybe it's not, but you can just get a couple different looks from the starters that they have. And they all just pitch out of the bullpen with their season being on the line. Who knows? Who's the closer? Um, I think that, let me, hold on, let me, where did I put that page? Um, Give me a second. I think I closed it, so I just got to open the yeah, two-page really again. I feel like their bullpen is kind of crap. Um, let me... This isn't giving me the information that I thought it would. I'm trying to see, like, who actually closes and whatnot like who gets the majority of their saves pitching take me there um so they have <clears throat> so it looks like there's no way this is there's no way this is right they're so um, and they've had like they've they've recorded forty two saves on the year as a team, and it is from one two three four five six seven eight nine ten different guys recorded at least one save <laughs> for, right. for their team. Um, but it looks like a bulk of their relief appearance innings have been. So, like, they had Corey Knable, but he's on the 60-day IL. I, I don't know when that happened, but I'm assuming he's going to be out. Um, and then they had, like, he had pitched 45 innings. Brad Hand had pitched 45 innings. He's on the 15-day IL. I don't know when that is, retros you know, retroactive to. So then the other big ones are, like, Andrew Bellotti, uh, Jose Alvarado, and Sir Anthony Dominguez. And Dominguez would be like the next um, closing option. He's got, like, so it's Knable at 12, and then Dominguez at 9. And then they also have David Robertson, who was former closer in New York and with the White Sox. Um, pitched in bullpens for a couple different teams. And he has six saves on the year. Um, so I would assume it would be like some combination for, oh, and then they have, uh, Jury's Familia, I think is, I'm assuming it's still there. Maybe not. I don't see him on the active roster. So maybe, cause I know like baseball reference still shows Jojo Romero on the, on their stat sheet, but he obviously isn't with the team anymore. 
So, yeah, so it looks like Dominguez, Robertson, Alvarado, and they just have kind of your run-of-the-mill guys. I think Nick Nelson is a name I recognize, but I think he it's because he pitched for the Yankees back in the day, or back, back in the day, and it, his previous big league experience the last two seasons. Mm. Um, he pitched out of the bullpen there, but that's mainly because everyone and their mom kept getting hurt for the Yankees. So that's the reason why I recognize that name. But not, so not terrible guys. Um, Alvarado, Dominguez, Robertson, they're formidable in their own right, but I would think the nod would go to the Cardinal bullpen and a matchup of bullpens. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, I think it's, it's literally just a matter of shutting down their offense, which can be very, very threatening. Um, Nick Gaslianos. Yeah, I mean you're you're looking at E Harps. At your I mean you got Real Muto behind the plate, uh Hoskins at first, uh Segura at second, um Alec Baum at third, uh probably Bryson Stott at short. They also have Edmundo Edmondo Sosa. You know, he's big time threat. Um then outfield you're looking at probably Schwarber and Harper um Cassianos like maybe Harper DHs or Cassianos DHs I don't know who typically fills that role um and then I'm not certain about their center field I they have Brandon Marsh and Matt Veerling listed in the depth chart but I don't recognize either of those names Brandon um, Marsh played for what the Angels wasn't he like the I think he like um, I just remember him playing for the Angels Let's go. He had like a see. good like two weeks or something. Um, yeah, he did play with the Angels last year and for half of this year. Um, he has fared much better in Philly than he did in L.A. It looks like. Oh yeah. He's been like a 285 hitter in 40 games with the Phillies. So, not. Oh, he's a he's a lefty. So they do have a bunch of left-handed bats. I feel like. Because you, know, you have Schwarber's lefty, Harper's a lefty, Marsh is a lefty, um, Stott's a lefty. You know, it's a pretty even mix between righties and lefties. Um, but I don't. I feel like there's really not anything on the bench that you have to worry about. Like you're just you're facing the nine that they have, and that's that. Like you just got to beat those nine and you're good. And like I said, I, I feel like it's going to come down because it's going to be very hard to shut that offense down. So it's just going to be a matter of the Cardinals offense needs to do what it can. Um, Cause they're, I, they're, they're a formidable lineup. I mean, they you're, you're score four or five runs. Yeah. It's like they, they put up almost 800 runs on the year, 770 runs. Um, that's right around where Philly's at 745. <clears throat> so, and we're the you know Cardinals are used to beating up on teams from Pennsylvania. They've been doing it right now against the Pirates. Just you know, ruin the other teams' you know season as well. Um, yeah. And then what? So we have tomorrow, last day of the regular season. Thursday is the off day. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is for the wild card, and then we'll record Monday night. So we can dig more into 
L, the LDS matchups next week. So no reason to get into those because we'll actually know what those are come that time frame. Just trying to see if there was anything else that we wanted to get into. Um, you know, we talked about where teams are at. Are we, oh, I, I feel like we we mentioned it in passing. I feel like everyone knew what we were talking about. We didn't specifically call it out with you know record AL records being set tonight. Um, I don't know how I feel about it being separate. I don't. I don't know. It it feels weird to me. I don't know why it's relevant that it's the AL single season record. I don't know how much water that holds. Um, I think it's, I, I think I celebrate it more because it's like a Yankee single season record than I do like an AL single season record because I don't really mm-hmm. care. Uh, plenty of guys have hit 62 since Maris at 61. Um, when I say plenty of guys, what it's like four, <laughs> but, but it's happened. Um, and they got to a number much higher than Judge um, at this point. I'm happy he did it. You know, Cole also set the uh, single season, the Yankees season, single season record for strikeouts. Um, it was, he set it at like 249 initially when he broke Ron Guidry's record. Um, I don't remember. I don't know how many strikeouts he ended up with on the night. Uh, looks like nine. So he finished that to what fifty seven as the new record. Pretty nasty. Yeah, so so I'm cool with that. You know, good good day they lost though. Um, another quality start loss for my team. That's what my pitchers love to rack up. Um you know, six quality starts, only three wins, four losses for my pitching staff. Um, and they're all relievers, or they're all starters that took those losses. I have no blown saves or anything like that. My, <clears throat> I think my relief pitchers have been perfect, essentially. Yeah. Fairbanks, two innings pitched, four Ks. Presley, oh, he gave up one run. Two innings pitched, uh, one run, four Ks, one save. And he only had one save opportunity. Uh, the other one he pitched in a tie game in extras. So six quality starts from what Flaherty only made one start. And I think Darvish is only going to make one start. So it'll be eight starts from my, from my starting rotation, six quality starts and they went three and four. It's rough, rough doing. Um, I don't know, you got anything? I don't sure? have anything. Nothing that you wanted to bring up? You know, maybe something you texted me earlier today? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nothing dude, you want to talk Dude, you're allowed to talk shit, dude. You know? <laughs> nothing you want to talk about? About Poole I mean, being the best power hitter since the All-Star break? Half, uh, <laughs> since the All-Star break. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean... Facts are facts, dude. Seven hundred is a bigger number than sixty-two. Bulls is way older. He didn't play as many games. I think, yeah. I think that's the highlight 
for me of your shit talking in that hey, stream hey, of messages. I need, I need like that one. I thought that was pretty good. De- definitely because we've joked about it before. Um, it just reminds me of Benchwarmers when they have the old guy come out and pitch. And he's like, I need to see a birth certificate. And he gets him. It's like crayon drawn. It just says, I am 12. <laughs> like that. I feel like that's what's going on like with pool holes. Um, but for those of you that aren't on the text message thread, so when Chris yeah. is telling me that Pools was the best power hitter in baseball since the All-Star break, mic drop, uh, or no, the mic drop you did, five is better than 99 mic drop. Um, but uh, the point he made was that we know how old uh, Judge is, and we know Pujols is older, and he might even be more older than we think he is, which just only makes it more impressive. And I was like, "That, that's true. Like we, we don't really know." Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Uh, but for what Chris, you know, lacks in fancy skills, as he's last place in the Rumble right now, he makes up for it in, in comedy. So yeah, it's all right. Dude. Everyone has their fantasy days, you know. So. Some of us are just maybe better at other fantasy things than others. That's you very, never know. It's very true. I, you I never bet know. you. I, I'm, I feel pretty confident. Like, if I were a betting man, I would bet that you would whoop my ass in fantasy football. Yeah. I also, um, you know, traded impact players. You uh, did. Probably, probably you did. a player who I you... should have got a first-round pick for or not <laughs> traded them at all. But, you know. I, I don't know how our trade came about. And the other part of it, too, is that if I look back on things, um, so so that trade obviously, I think, made a significant difference in my outcome. It is worth noting that while, yes, Tucker's 15 points last week would have been better than, you know, like it would have improved... Uh, Travis's point total from what he had last week. It's also worth noting that he lost last week when he got eliminated from the playoffs by 105 points. Yeah. So it wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Um, but I think me not having Tucker probably changes up some things. I, I imagine I probably still make the playoffs and everything, but I it was what we figure. Um, I'm trying to think of when the all-star break was. It was the last week. So week 15 would have been the all-star break. So that would have been, so I think it would have been like week 17 that the trade deadline happened. So I got to see if week 18, if he was on my team, he was okay. Was he on my team week 17? He was. All right. I'm going to find this. Week 16. He was not. Okay. Cool. So, so week 17, we, we got, we got Tucker. And then in that time frame, what did my team do? Well, let's, let's see what Tucker did. It was a bunch. So, 
week 17 and this is week 25 for reference um so we put up less than 10 points on two occasions um eight points the first week i got him and then eight and a half points uh near like the end of the regular season um but week 18 45 and a half points week 19 33 and a half points week 21 13 and a half week 22 which is the first round of the playoffs he put up 28 points or no that was the last week of the regular season 28 points first round of the playoffs 30 and a half points mm. uh the semifinals he put up 15 points and this week he is at i think he's leading my team in scoring maybe oh no he's oh. at he's at 20 points not leading my team in scoring the person that is leading my team in scoring is a lovely guy by the name of Jeff McNeil, who I got <laughs> in a who I got in a trade for Whit Merrifield, straight up, and Whit Merrifield is on, is in that lineup. He's got 31 points. McNeil is 39 and a half, um, and I think like on the year, I think McNeil, yeah, McNeil's at like. 432 and a half points 33rd overall and Whit Merrifield is where's the next team Whit Merrifield is at 351 points 90th overall um so like uh well like 80 points different not a ton but the big thing is Whit Merrifield not keeper eligible Jeff McNeil 23rd round pick so keeper eligible for numerous years if he's going to continue to be a top 20 point scorer. Mm-hmm. He probably yeah. won't be. I'm going to keep him next year and he's going to be horse shit. And I'll drop him and then someone will pick him up. So, the, yeah. And so the, the way I view this is, yes, I won the Whit Merrifield for uh, mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil trade. However, um, Brandon Woodruff has been decent enough. Like he's a top 100 point scorer. Um, Correa, you know, and and for, for a pitcher, if I had, if I had Woodruff and I didn't have like Flaherty or Clevenger, whatever I I did, that was the other point I was going to make. But so I got Correa for Woodruff and they have been about equal in points. So it has solidified my offense, but it hurt my pitching staff and I dealt from a place of value. If I had Woodruff on my in my rotation, he's I just just looking at it, he was like 92nd in points, 98 in points, or whatever like that. And he would be the worst, like my lowest point scoring total for my starting pitchers if I had him on my team still. If I would have known that I was going to trade for Turner, I probably like I would probably much rather have Woodruff and not Correa. Because Grace has been my DH, and I could have been playing like I picked up Seth Brown, who's like top 110 in point scoring, or like even Bellinger is like top 150. Like those guys would have been formidable enough, much better than like the revolving door of a number five starter that I had, where like you know I was throwing guys like Kyle Bradish or Javier Assad, you know, just like. All right, who's who's got favorable matchups this week? Who wants to be my who do, who wants to be picked up and join my rotation for a week? So I had that going. If I had Woodruff, it just would have been like set it and forget it. Like, is, is anyone hurt? No. Okay, I'm not changing anything. Is anyone hurt? Yeah. No. Okay, not changing anything. 
Um, it would have been that way for my lineup and my my pitching staff. But I guess all in all, I can't be mad about the moves that I made because pending some sort of miraculous change tomorrow, which essentially would be like Burns throwing a complete game, shut out perfect game, I should close this out. I'm currently up by 93, so, you know, fingers crossed. It should take quite a bit to to pick up 90 points on me, you know, given that in the first nine days of the week, Stout has scored 180 points. He would have, like, he would have to score 90-ish to catch me. <laughs> be sick. Yeah, I, it would be heartbreaking. So, like, yeah, I'm... I will feel better about my fantasy season. Um, I I shouldn't say I'll feel better. I'm I will be happy with my fantasy outcome either way. I put myself in a very good position to win. If I lose this fantasy championship now, it is just the way it goes. Like I just was destined to lose because it would be a miraculous comeback and I would never hear the end of it. But at the end of the day, there's not shit I can do about it. So I am not playing any of these games. Um, and the advantage that I have is that Chapman and Hernandez might have two games tomorrow. So maybe I have extra players to go. Um, we'll see. Who knows? But I'm just hoping that since there'll be like nothing to be decided, that everybody and their mom just sits everywhere. You know, and it'll be fine. Because as long as San Diego holds on to this game, then seating will be locked. And none of the games will matter tomorrow. And right now they're up five nothing in the top of the eighth, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm behind or not again, because I don't know why it trails behind. I'm on that two G internet, not like actual two G, not two gig. You know, two G like worse than five G internet. Um, crappy fiber internet. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's just like whenever I'm not on the on the page actively, it it doesn't update or whatever. But <clears throat> all right, um, so I think that's everything. I think we we got everything we wanted to. Oh, I lied. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so I made a comment in our uh text thread earlier today about how excited I was for the uh left-handed Aaron Judge to make it to the majors, you know, oh, yeah. good old Spencer Jones. And I was like, "Man, I'm curious to know where our guys that were drafted went." So, um uh is it is, is it Jerpy? Did we figure that out or is it Herbie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's Jerpy. Like the H is silent, not the J? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Cooper Jerpy still pitching at Oregon State. Doesn't look like he actually went into Cardinals organization at all for this year. Um, which I, I don't know. I don't know how far Oregon State went. Um, but I know like the College World Series takes place into the summer. Um, so I think I'm at least a little surprised that like after that was done, he didn't report somewhere to pitch like he just it, he doesn't have any minor league stats um whereas like 
Jones played at Vanderbilt this year, but he is also reported to Yankees organization and he started in rookie ball, um, played like three games there before they just called him up to a ball. Um, but so 25 games, um, and Yankees farm system, he is batting 344 with four home runs, 12 RBIs. Um, and he has stolen 12 bases in 25 games. <laughs> so if we have a six, seven power hitting lefty, that's going to swipe bags that eventually is making his way up. Like I'm, I'm for it, man. Like I, like he's, you know, he's got 20 strikeouts. So it's a, a little high, like, you know, strikeout what, like not quite once a game, but it's, it's there. Um, but he's also walked 11 times in those 25 games. So it seems like oh, he has man. a pretty good eye. Um, six doubles, no triples. So 10 extra base hits, like a third of his hits are extra base hits. Um, but I, I think the, the 12 steals, which I, I forget what rules were or weren't in place um, down in the minors. So that could play a part. Um, I'm, a, I'm not going to discount that. That if like there was the you can only throw over twice and then guys can go, or they have the bigger bags, like maybe that increased, so that's why that number seems high. But I can say that like it has been quite a bit since the Yankees really had anyone that I consider like a true base dealer that ever got talked about. Um because what I think in comparison um Everything's just running slow. I'm going to look at like where Jason Dominguez is. Cause I know they talk about like his speed being one of the, the big things that he has going for him. Okay. Or maybe I won't. Oh, there it goes. All right. Fuck. Took forever to update. Um, so let's see. Yeah. So, in 120 games this year, um, Dominguez has 37 stolen bases. Dang, that's pretty good. Yeah, so like if we get, so like so if it gets to a point where like you're looking at, yeah, Bader, <laughs> yeah, like if it's Bader, Dominguez, Jones out in the outfield, Judge DHing and being the fourth outfielder because Stanton goes away in this, in this depiction. You know, you have, so you have four decent enough, like three, what I would consider to be plus outfielders judge decent enough. Like he's been good. Um, but you could get like a hundred stolen bases a year from your outfield, like between the three of them, not a piece. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I think that that's, I know that's pretty good. Like I haven't yeah. looked, I haven't looked at as of late to see like where team stolen bases are. I know we we've looked at that on a reg before. Um, I'm sure it's probably not like leading by any mm. means, but I'm sure it's yeah. uh, I'm sure it's a good showing. Yeah, I mean the mm. the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers are leading the league right now with 128. Yeah. Um, the Yankees as a team currently have 102. So if they got 102 from just a combination of three players, and granted this is this is years years out. Um, we'll see what happens with them expanding the bags next year. Um, 
and going to the pitch clock. Because uh, I, I feel like the pitch clock adds another dynamic that as that ticks down, a runner knows that a pitcher has to get close to delivering to the plate. So yeah. you can start to get a little bit better of a lead um, and like get that secondary, like not, or sorry, not a secondary lead, but like get that jump on stealing bases. So I think that you'll see steals go up. Um, and so I don't, I don't want to say like, oh man, the, those steals will be even higher. Obviously for Bader, it'll be a difference because he hasn't played in the minors with the new rules. Uh, but I don't know what Jones and Dominguez are seeing right now. So maybe they're already seeing it, and that's why they're a little higher. But either way, those rules are going to carry over to the MLB if they're utilizing them currently. And if they aren't, then it should seemingly only increase that number to go up. Um, yeah, so so excited. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see where, where things end up. Um, I will say that Jerby's stats in Oregon State were pretty filthy. Um, 11 and 2 in uh, 17 starts, 103 innings pitched, uh, 161 strikeouts. <laughs> and and you heard that correct. 161 strikeouts and 103 innings pitched. His uh, Ks per nine were 14. Oh, man. That's <laughs> pretty dirty. So, <clears throat> again, it was at the NCAA level, but I don't, I don't think it's to go to be discredited. Like when you dominate yeah. at a yeah. at a level of that that magnitude, you know. Striking um, they're expanding regardless. Yeah, um, like a point point eight seven whip, so it doesn't walk a ton of guys. Um, he actually. And I'm guessing what was his junior year, or we'll call it 2021. I don't know what year of school he was in. But he had 27 walks and 77 innings pitched. And this year in the 103, he only had 23 walks. Um, so less walks and 35 more innings. Um, so controls there. And playing in the pack, like in the Pac-12, um, they're definitely good schools that are there like anything out west um is where you know it's more dominant for schools you know your cal states ucla um arizona you know all all that good stuff <clears throat> so being out in the pac-12 obviously i think he was seeing good teams I'm sure not all of them are good but seemed to be uh, an increased turn in um 2.53 era which is way down from what he had previously. So strikeouts gone up, ERA gone down, walks gone down, home runs allowed down, bought up less runs, gave up just about the same number of hits. So all the all of the corrections you want to see a guy make year to year, looks like he kind of made that and figured it out. Um, <clears throat> so it seems like there could be some promise. So maybe it's not like, a, oh man, Cardinals should have taken Jones and they totally missed on him. Uh, could be a situation where both just work out really well. Um, yeah. But I will say that I, I think that there's buzz surrounding both of those first round picks. So excited to see what they can do. And thankfully they're both college players. So it should really only be like maybe another year or two before we start to hear their names coming up in the conversation. Um, Talking about bringing them up at uh, <coughs> All-Star break, you know? Yeah. Cause uh, 
and it's great because the Cardinals, like all of their pitching is kind of going away. So they're like, they have a ton of depth and position players, but he won't be behind that log jam. Um, he'll be coming in as like, you know, Wayno retires and Michael's contract comes to an end. Monty and Quintana may go elsewhere. Hudson may, you know, they may not bring him back. Flaherty may be gone after arbitration. Um, so it's like, you might see him like Jerpy might come along with like Thompson and Libertor. So it's like, you could see those three be like the new anchor of the organization, you know, come like 2025. So could be a lot of fun. Could be pretty cool. And then, uh, Yankees are just, they're going to be young at every position in like three years. And I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself when I, when I no longer have shitty contracts to complain about, like Stanton or no, Chapman I'm sure, or I'm Britain. Sure sign one. I'm sure they'll sign a big name contract. And yeah, they'll probably re-sign Donaldson like just forever yeah. to like just yeah. infuriate me. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. They'll be the team that brings Pujols back. Like they'll convince him. God. They'll be they'll pay they'll pay Matt Carpenter a fat contract. You know it'll be fucking what's his name. Ah. Uh, um, bro, blank. Um, why can't I think of his name? Played in San Diego. Chase Headley. That's his Chase name. Headley. Oh, God. I was real happy when that trade happened, and then they signed him, and I was like, what is going on? It was the same with J.A. Happ. Those are probably like the t- my two most like modern day, and Jacoby Ellsbury. Those three are like the top where I'm like, what is going on? But cool. All right, I think I think we did it. I'm out of topics. Yeah. I'm yawning. Up. So. You're yawning. Um. So. Great job for 99 episodes. We're going to stop here. We're never going to record another episode, so we never get to 100. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to take as much time off as we want now. <laughs> um, no, so, yeah, the, the game plans to be back Monday, uh, 10-10. Um, hopefully there's no dilemmas. Um, I'll try to power through, even if I feel like poop. My, I feel like it's just my allergies getting to me. I've been kicking my ass at times lately. Um, and when I don't, oh. when I don't sleep that well over the weekend, which – these last couple weekends I've had races that are early morning hour time. So I'm racing people in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. I've had to get up super early. So like I'm only, was only sleeping like four or five hours a night. Uh, so I think that that's what was doing me in. So I'm, I'm done with that. I'm going to be a responsible 37 year old adult and I get, get a full night's sleep. Yeah, do that. Um, <clears throat> but cool. Uh, good year, fantasy-wise. I know it wasn't the outcome you were hoping for. Not really getting, really going out on like a really super shitty sour note, like losing the consolation championship, not even competing in the rumble. Really rough, yeah. but takes Allison knowing that you got a couple champions. You know, without your move with me, I don't yeah, think it's I'm all getting good. the job I... done. I think I built a good team from what I like. I had to adjust a lot, and then I got good keepers. I got options, and I got draft picks next year. And you know. 
Yeah, right. it's de- definitely just just one year. But that's what's like. It's just it's just the outcome you weren't hoping for this year. Like it's manageable. I feel like anything less than a championship, yeah. you're you're well, I barely, you know, it's not the outcome. I barely won before. games in the first half of the year, so I just been struggling to win games all year. So it's been not a really huge surprise to be honest with you. I've said I've had a good team, just hasn't went my way and this is last week was just a culmination of that you know mm-hmm. so it's all good very true very true um we didn't get to uh fancy updates for football but we'll we'll make sure we we get a segment for those next mm-hmm. week so we can yeah, hear yeah. how you're three doing. and one in the money league still in the guillotine league um yeah this fancy football is going good dude go bills <laughs> go bills go go josh allen's yeah, pretty much. 17. <clears throat> Give it All to right. your boy. Cool, cool. All right, well, everybody, thank you. 99 episodes. Next week's the big one. 100. I don't know what we're going to do. Probably the same old shit we always do. Probably the same maybe, shit. Maybe I'll do the intro. Ooh. Maybe. I promise nothing, but maybe I'll do the intro. Um. I and all, <laughs> and all honesty, I really feel like I would be taking your thunder after 99 episodes of you doing the intro, and then on episode 100, I steal it from you. I feel like that'd kind of be a dick move. <laughs> so, so I probably won't do that, but we'll talk about it. See, we'll maybe we'll have a guest. We'll Who fuck knows. We'll Tune in, find out. You know where to find us. Same bat time same bat channel all right done rambling till next week stay cool bye